<laughs> it would be a wolf spot, eh? Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome to the Wolves Fancast Friday preview show. With me are Luke and Dan. Remember, we are part of the 90 Minute Football Network. But it's uh, it's the weekend. Uh, how are you feeling, boys? Rejuvenated. Rejuvenated. That's nice. That's nice. I've had a few days away. I didn't get suckered into the old let's get angry over a Carabao Cup defeat. I'm, I'm hmm. just ready for the weekend. Well, I mean, half an hour's time, we'll ask you the same question, Dan, to be fair, and maybe maybe you'll be feeling it a bit more. But officially, obviously, this is the, the preview show, guys. But without kind of having the chance, had the chance to get into the muck and nettles of the Tottenham fixture, uh, a two-all draw with a defeat on penalties, um, we're going we're gonna to have a look at that game now. And it was an eventful one, wasn't it, Luke? I think so. <laughs> now, I'll be honest, I didn't even get a chance to watch it because my lad was training down Compton. Um, so I think I got back for like the last 15 minutes or the penalties. Um, but I tried to get a little bit on my phone, but it's hard when your lad's playing at the same time to, yeah, to watch yeah. the games. Um, but yeah, it looked eventful. I, I got the first 25 minutes on my phone and again, we looked all out of the shop. The defence, well, not just the defence, but the defending still looks like it looked 18 months ago yeah i mean if if you're if you're catching the first 25 minutes of that game and then not watching the rest you've definitely got a a very negative view of probably of that performance not, no, that's not necessarily the case that we were brilliant for the rest of it but yeah I, i'm not even too negative about it it is what it is we went two nil down two two poor goals to concede in my opinion um but you know you've got to give credit for pulling it back to 2-2 against I mean, I don't rate Tottenham too much, if I'm being honest. But one of the bigger teams in the in the country to then bring it back to two two, um, you've got to give credit to the lads there. And then penalties, it's a lot of reasoning. Well, I guess thinking about that Tottenham team and, and the way they lined up, um, I mean, we we clearly made uh, plenty of changes for the game, Dan. And given that, uh, um, much. Much admired, much loved uh, former manager. It was at the helm um, in the opposition dugout and clearly took the game very seriously. Um, did that leave a little bit of a sour taste? Because I was quite frustrated when I saw that Tottenham lineup. In, in, in hindsight, you could say it did, but <laughs> you look at the sort of the, the squad depth between the two teams and the fact that he's sort of more his job's on the line, isn't it, for him at the moment? Go. He needs. He needs a bit of a cup run. The, the, he can't go into the game uh, against Arsenal the weekend on the back of being knocked out of the League Cup and the, the current league form. He needs to get the fans back on side. And I think the side that he put out against us on Wednesday night was very, very strong. Considering mm. you still look at Man City being the favourites in that cup, even their third, their third string team would finish above us in the league. I think Man City. So. He just needs to get the fans on side. I, I was really surprised at the, how strong a team he put out. But like I said, I think he needs to get wins 
and going into the game against Arsenal the weekend, I think he needed to get Davidson Sanchez and Romero playing together because I think they'll be their centre-back pairing against Arsenal the weekend. I think that's, that was the most disappointing thing um, because I think if we would have beaten Tottenham going into the North London derby, puts Nuno under a hell of a lot of pressure, doesn't it? And obviously, you know, people are probably slagging me off for this and it splits the fan base, but I'd have loved it if we would have just fucking turned the screw on it a little bit and just applied that little bit of pressure. So you're just a bit sadistic though, aren't you? No, not at all, not at all. But don't think he wore happy when they beat us 1-0 at the beginning of the season. And don't think that he wasn't happy oh, yeah, when they knocked us out of the cup. So I that's why I don't get it. Like, he's the manager of Tottenham Hotspur now. Like, yeah. don't get it. I mean, going back to that first half and that first half an hour in particular was quite shoddy. Um, given that we made so many changes, do you think that had a lot to do with it? Um, certain players not necessarily up to speed yet. Mosquera really unfortunate with the injury very early on as well. Um, how much can we put it down to the change lineup, Dan? The, the way that we sort of defended in that first 25 minutes, you can you can point at it massively. I think Bolly and Mosquera next to Cody were just all over the place. They didn't seem match sharp whatsoever. I just thought as a unit, the, 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 the shape we started in the first half an hour was just all over the place. I don't know whether there was still still a bit of a hangover from the, the previous regime, but the way we were set up was it, none of them looked confident in the role that they were asked to do. Yeah, I mean... Sorry. I mean, me personally, going back to the defending the defence, it's a concern. I think when you go back to the Brentford game, we conceded the first goal and mentally, from a defensive point of view, we looked shot. Every time Brentford went forward, then they looked like scoring. I mean, they had a couple of disallowed as well. Um, we, we just looked an absolute shambles. Now, for me, when you're in positions like that, especially when you, your captain's a centre-half, that's where he's got to really rally the troops. And, you know, we, all right, we've conceded the goal, but now we stay solid now. 10, 15 minutes, we stay solid, stay as a uni, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I put in the group chat, I'm sure it was, um, yeah, it was at, at, during the Tottenham game. Now, I'd love to know the stats, especially at Molyneux, for how many times we've conceded off the first shot on target. Because I don't know about you guys, but for me... It seems like it's all the time, even back to like the first season in the Prem. We'd we'd be in a game and we'd be on top, 15, 20 minutes in, the opposite, opposition would have a break, have a shot, and you're like, fuck me, we're 1-0 down. That, that felt like a Rui problem last season, didn't it? But mm -hmm. I guess maybe it's a bit more symptomatic of wider issues at the back. Um, if, we, if we have a look at uh, the goals, I mean, the first one, was a degree of fortune about it, but I mean, Cody could have probably cleared the ball anywhere. But this is a, kind of a, a mini GTA, guys, as, as we as we have a look at this. Um, and this is a, a freeze frame just before we score. We can see the second goal from this position, gents. Um, how concerned are you? Massively, to be honest, without deep rate eight Norris, because one ball over the top in our defence that is renowned for having no pace, Kane's in, isn't it? It's it's. It's it's very strange how pushed up our midfield is, and mm. our defense is high, but there's still just a massive gap between the two. You, know, you just wonder how we've ended up in that situation. It's it's a weird one because I mean you're looking at it, and you know there is that glaring gap in in the middle of the park. But even with the ball coming through, 
you still would like to think you're in control of that situation because you know you, you it's 5v4 you'd like to think one of the mid well at least one of the midfielders one of the wide midfielders would would drop in as well to help with to help defend a counter attack so then you're looking at a 6v4 um so you'd like to think you're in control of the situation but we, we just wasn't yeah i think i think it's neves that has a loose touch just prior yeah. to this and mm-hmm. then skip comes in and, and intercepts lays it i think is it lacelso just in front of the in front yeah. of our defense then in all that space um but when the ball goes into him, clearly decisions are then starting to happen. <laughs> We're perhaps being encouraged to be a bit more on the front foot. But what is Connor Cody doing? Going out and pressing him there, look down. It beggars belief, honestly, considering the way of how well we've been drilled in that setup the last couple of years. But maybe it's just uh I don't know. It's just a reckless moment for him, isn't he? Is he is he is he feeling the pressure at the moment? Is he does he feel his place is under threat? Did he actually start right centre back? Yeah, when he came on for Mosquera and, and and slotted in there, and that was at the point at which I think he went to make the clearance straight into Ndombele, and then he went and scored, and then they made the switch. But we were just quite haphazard at that point in the game, anyway. Um, so yeah, it, it felt a bit more natural to have him in the middle, but. You, like you say, maybe it's that pressure that's making him make rash decisions to think, you know what, if I want to be a Bruno player, I've got to be a little bit more capable um, and on the front foot and a bit more aggressive with my defending. But I know, he's not, I know, I know Connor Cody's not on Twitter, but the, the negativity that's going his way at the moment is rife. So I'm, I'm not sure what it's like for Instagram, which I know he's on, but... <laughs> The pressure's got to be building on it because everyone knows that Bruno wants to play with a back four. And you look at our defensive options, if you go into a back four, he's not one of your first centre-backs, is he? No, no, you're not. And, I mean, you can't knock the slick football from there. I think the ball gets knocked into Ali and he plays the first time. Lovely pass. And I think, to be honest, at times in that first half, I was genuinely quite impressed with Tottenham and the slickness with, with, with which they played. Harry Kane... He always impresses me with his touch, um, and and when you watch him at close quarters, he's a much better player at that point than yeah. You know, when you're watching on TV, sometimes I think um, you, you get a bit more respect from him from watching in the stadium. But I mean, two 0 down, it's it's not looking good, um, and, and kind of out of nowhere, we we managed to pull the game back a little bit with uh, Leander Dentonka header as a player who hasn't started the league games, obviously. Um, is he someone that's potentially in with a shout of playing this weekend? I I would think so because I mean it's it's well doc, 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 documented my thoughts on Joe Martino, but I I don't see what Martino is bringing to the team at the minute to warrant keeping Dendonka at the squad. Well, sorry, at the starting lineup. Um, but then same time. He's, has done Duncan done enough in the minutes that that he has been given? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, but then again, I suppose it all depends. The sort of opposite for me, Den Duncan just offers that little bit more, especially offset pieces, because going forward and defending, he's he's an asset to the team on set pieces, whereas Martinez not. Even attacking set pieces, he's, I mean, he's the one taking. I think he's a hindrance so... because he still he still can't beat the first man off the corner. I talked about this, Luke. I, I did. I did talk about this in one of my last videos. So, 
it, go back and check it out. It's, it's, it's right. It's, you know, I, I, I don't get it. You know, you don't expect a corner to be put on the money every time. Who, who put the corner in the other night, Gully? Ain't Nuri. Then there you go. You was hoping it was fucking Matinho then, were you? No, no, I wasn't. I knew Matinho didn't. I've seen it in his eyes. Late in the second half. But the bottom line is, an outswinger from that position, probably looking to play it in a different kind of way. It was quite flat and difficult to deal with. That's ultimately what you're looking for, I think, rather than necessarily looping it up and and kind of it being anybody's ball. You haven't necessarily got to have Joe Matinho on every single corner. No, you you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. For whatever reason, he is. And... I would say his corners are poor. If he has 10 corners, how many are you looking and saying, fucking hell, good delivery that was? Two, maybe three? So you're looking at 20, 30%? No. Nah. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna piss Dan off here, but he, he ain't as bad as Mark Kennedy was. I reckon I could get you a lot more set-piece assists from Mark Kennedy a highlight reel than Matinho has. You know what? I'd love to see that because I think Matinho is still one of our biggest chance creators and assisters in since he's joined the club at the end of the day. So, I'll bring it on. Bring it on. But um, well, We're going to talk about the penalties in a bit. I just think Joe Matinho he thinks he's Cristiano Ronaldo. He has to be on every set-pieces and just give someone else a try. Yeah. We, we had... I think we had a moment in the second half where Neves lined up a, a free kick and to be fair, I think he flicked the top of the wall and he went too far away. But <laughs> moving towards kind of second half, half time, um, Fabio Silva was dragged uh, for Adama Traore. Needs a trim. It really, it really wasn't Fabio's day at all. And I think there was a multitude of reasons for it. Um, but... Dan, was you at the game or did you did you did you give it a miss on this one? But no, it was a sales away. He 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 really did. I've, I've saw the game. I watched yeah. I watched it whilst I was having while I was having dinner, which defeats the object and going away if you if you have to watch balls when you're away. But <laughs> it's true. Like, it's true. I think the way that we set up, the fact that how quick we went down to nearly, he was on a hold to nothing. Fabio, I think they had to change it at time, and he was obviously the one that had to be hooked. He seemed totally isolated, but I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. if... How, how does that make you feel about him and in, in the way he's going to be progressing uh, for now? Do you just do you put it down to a bad day at the office? We're going to need an ad manager option at the moment soon <laughs> because no way we're we getting half that £35 million pound back. It's he harsh. Needs he I'll, needs, I'll he needs to have his Harry Kane loans. They went to, to Leighton Orion, Norwich, Les- the Leicesters, those teams. He needs to, he needs to have their loan spells there. But Harry Kane went to those clubs that. because he wasn't he wasn't seen as part of Tottenham's future at that point. Yeah, they, they, he, they he basically learn, he needs to learn his craft in the English game, whether it's in the lower leagues or not. Everyone knows. I think everyone believes, and the and the sports science behind did that. He will bulk up and be an absolute top level striker, but he needs to learn his craft, and we haven't got the opportunities to give it him at the moment. Now Huang's coming. Is he is Silver even playing for the under twenty threes? No, he hasn't. What footballs he getting? What football is he actually getting? Because how many minutes has he got in the Premier League? He's come on a couple of times towards the end of games. He's, he's not really had a chance to make an impact. Exactly. We're killing I think him. Bruno, to be fair to him, Nuno, Nuno wasn't interested in letting the players play for the 23s, was he? But Bruno has said if the players want to go and get their minutes there, then I think it's basically on a request basis almost that, you know, mm-hmm. if he wants to go and play, then they'll let him go. Mosquera <laughs> had half an hour, I think, um, the other the other week. For the 23s as well. And it makes total sense because, yeah, even just from a confidence perspective, if he goes and bags a couple um, 
in in Listen, at that level. He could he could go and win the Papa John's trophy. Yeah, mate. First on, on, on the other hand, he goes and plays a couple of games on the twenty first and doesn't score. And then the pressure's oh, even more on him. Then it's but then you, you you're backing his ability there, though, aren't you? Dan? Is he still you, eligible for the under eighteen? Just in case. He'd already be playing under 23 for me. If he's not, if he's not yeah. starting or at least coming on for more than 15, 20 minutes on a Saturday, he's, he's playing an hour for the under 23s. Yeah. So, I mean, going on to the second half of the of the Spurs game, there was an uplifting performance, kind of led by Adama. Uh, Huang playing through the middle as well. Really aggressive. I, I like what I saw from him. But it just seemed to put Tottenham on the back foot a little bit. Um, and if, if we kind of have a look at the second goal, that we scored as well. Um, you can see here, we've got four players surrounded in Dombele on, in possession of the ball. You'd never have seen... This would have been comfortable possession for Tottenham under Nuno. You know, would have been sat back probably behind the halfway line, yeah. maybe centre set set forward somewhere, hovering around it to kind of guide where he wants the ball to go. But when you see Huang win that ball high up, you know, it, it's, it's, it's quite an exciting prospect, isn't it? When, when you, you see what Bruno's trying to achieve with this team. That's what we was expecting from Patrick Catrona. Hassling, intercepting, putting the defenders on the back foot. But Catrona just ran around like a headless chicken and never got involved physically. I think that's what Huang seriously is he's, he's a lot. It's he's a prospect nuisance. Isn't he? But maybe it will be good from a perspective of um, pushing Raul a little bit as well. Not saying that he's comfortable at all, but I think there have been times where he has been a bit comfortable in his Wolves career. Um, you know, com- I think competition's good. And if he's yeah. going to do a job through the middle... I mean, Wang, he clearly has a few elements to his game. I think just before this, in the, early in the first half, he he got across the front post and had, had a decent chance um, where the cross came in from the right. Penalty that was, mate. You reckon? Oh, he's been absolutely cleaned out. I, I mean, I can't, I can't argue this point because last Sunday I, I, I was playing and a striker had the same situation where he had a shot at goal, the keeper took him out, and we did, we didn't get a penalty given it's, against us. So it's um, one of them, right? Where in the in the in the actual game, it's not a penalty. But without the Premier League, well, I know this wasn't a Premier League game, but how the rules are, well, the laws in the top level at elite sport now, that's a penalty all day. Is it? Is there something in the the idea? He basically got his shot off, and there was nothing impeding him from doing that. Then, all right. Then, so I'll let you get your shot off, and then I'm just going to absolutely wow you. Not wow you from behind because that's a bit dodgy. But absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> just Amia, sound. Then you've got your shot off. I don't impede yet. Will it type in? Don't worry about that. If it's a, if it's a genuine attempt for the ball, and you would say, suggest it was a genuine attempt for the ball, he went he went in there desperately, but. It's not like he was going in to clean him it out. It was a genuine well. attempt for the ball when Harvey Elliott got his leg broke the other week and he got sent off. But that's a different issue in time. Why? Because he's got injured. So if Wang would have got injured, then would it have been a penalty and a red card? This is what I mean. There's no, no consistency. Yeah, it's, with it's the bullshit. I, I agree with you. The bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. Um, on that on that front. But I'm, so I'm, it's a penalty I'm, in I'm, modern football, top level. Are you happy with it being a penalty though? As in, in the sense that. Football. No, that's why I said, like, in the game, it's not a penalty. That's what, There's loads of decisions that I'm not happy with, but it's just the way top-level football is now, isn't it? It's crap. Not, yeah, it's crap. 
VAR, all this bollocks crap. Um, similar at the beginning of the season when Trinkeo got took out by Dan James. Penalty. But again, there's no consistency, zero consistency. Yeah. All that bollocks. Yeah, no, no, you, you've definitely got a point. You've definitely got a point. But we finally got to to celebrate a couple of goals at, at Molyneux, which I have to say, it, it, it felt bloody good. It felt bloody good. And that equaliser from Pedence. Yeah, for for a Wednesday night Carabao Cup fixture, there was a buzz around the stadium. Um, regardless of how many regulars were there and whatnot, it, it, it felt like you know Molyneux was kind of back to to where it should be. But Daniel Pedence, as as a player, uh, we've spoken about him quite a bit, I think, in preseason and, and the impact he can have. Two goals in two games in the Carabao Cup, two starts. Is he is he knocking on the door of the first team for this weekend as well, Dan? He has to be with the, um, the performance Trinko put in against um, Brentford. We, me and you, good. I know uh, you, you, you and Luke had that bet last season about Neto and Pedence, but I, I think Pedence, as soon as he gets on the ball, he's looking to make something happen in an attacking sense. There's never any thought to go back or just recycle possession. It's who's making runs. Can I make? Can I make a pass? That's. That's what he brings to this team. I think once Neto's back and you've got both of them on either wing, we'll be a different animal because at the moment we just get the ball to a Dharma and it's out for the best, isn't it? It's I think we are becoming less reliant on him. I I, I have noticed that, I think. Um you can't You, you can't not use him because of the, the the I was gonna say the word output then. What he actually makes, he'll always make something happen. But I don't know. It's just nothing. Nothing seems to click, does it? Nothing seems to just land on Jimenez's volley, like in the six-yard box. It's it's, it's frustrating. But, but Jimenez isn't getting into the box either. That and that, that feels like it's part of the plan for some yeah, reason. Yeah, he had the header against Brentford when he took his headband off. From that was from an adult. Well, you can't not try, try always involvement in that. You know, he put it. He put it up there. Okay, it was it wasn't the easiest easiest chance, but you expect him to to score from there. That's that's Raul's bread and butter, um, in 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 my opinion. But getting to kind of full time at two two. Now we'll talk about the penalties in a second. But how do you view that result? Like as it, as it, how did you? I, I felt okay, kind of at the end of the game, knowing that we'd gone down, we were shite, <laughs> and we managed to pull it back. That that I feel like that should give them a good boost as a bunch of players, personally, Luke? Yeah, I think you'd like to think so. Again, Tottenham, I don't like Tottenham. I'm not going to lie, I don't like them. Um, but they're one of the biggest teams in the country, you know, because the big six, all that crap. Um, so a draw is a decent result. I mean, if, if that was a league game, we, we would have taken a draw. But I think on the flip side, two home games on the spin and you've gone 2-0 down in the first half as well in both games. That's a concern, and it's something that definitely needs to be addressed. Um, I think I don't know. It's, it's 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 starting to almost feel a bit like a culture within the club of going down early in the first half. I think I can remember um, when we played Huddersfield. Was it Burnley at home in the first or second season? I think when we played Watford first season, we might have gone down. No, because Doherty, yeah. Did, no, Doctor scored a win. No, there's there's been a, a couple of games anyway um, where you'd like to think that we're favourites. But we find ourselves down early or midway through the first half. And 
to me, it's happening. It seems to be happening that often. Is it becoming a bit of a culture? And it's certainly a culture that you don't want. Not if you've got aspirations like Falson have to be the biggest club in the universe. Where, where do you think that comes from, though? That when you call it a culture, well, what is that about? <sighs> is it a mentality? I think it's a mentality from the way we used to set up games under Nuno, mm. where it was stifle the opposition for the first era and then try and win with fine margins in the last half an hour. I think the the the, the two reluctant to to try and press for goals right from kickoff, like how we what we've sort of grown up wanting really. Mm-hmm get the ball wide and get make some chances but I, I think they're, they're too happy to play the ball around the back five and build the way into games instead of actually trying to impress it's a bit of a it's a bit of a catch-22 isn't it because we know Nuno always kind of gave us a chance in games with the way he set the team up but we also know that if we want to get ahead in a game getting out there and getting onto a team early is probably the best way to go while still leaving yourself a little bit susceptible. So, Surely, if, you, if your your go-to style of play is counter-attack, I know this is going to probably like contradict now, but surely you want to be go, getting an early lead so you can soak up mm-hmm. and then play counter-attack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'd agree. I, th- I think this is why it's so important for this team in particular to get the first goal in a game. You know, we saw it at Forest where... Off a set piece, we, we picked up the first goal. We had chances up, up until that point, and Forrest were shite. But the floodgates really opened after that first goal. But I think when you when you look back at last season as well, wasn't there a crazy stat about how how often we conceded first in games? Yeah. And we'd only scored first in, I don't know, something like three out of 20 games or something absolutely ridiculous like that. That's where the, yeah. that's where the approach falls down, though, isn't it? You know, because... Football's random and random shit happens, like Ndombele blocking a cross and then being played, blocking a clearance, and the ball literally landing at his feet. You know, little things mm-hmm. like that will have an impact on a football match, and ultimately he went and scored the goal. So, um, yeah, it's it's a difficult one because you can try and analyse a game to death, but when shit like that happens, it's a bit like, well, what's the point? But I, I, I just think when, when we can see the goal as well, I, I don't know, we just look... Like we don't know what what we're doing. Like the players look petrified. At one point, I think you would have said that we were quite assured, even if we conceded the first goal in the game. But now, at this point, we look panicking. We look more likely to concede the next one than probably go back and get into the game. Get mm-hmm. back into the game. But if we move on to the penalty shootout, um, I, I just want to, to kind of get your take on this because I, there's a lot of commentary around who took the penalties players that missed the target entirely um and if we if we look at it it was Huang first uh second was Neves no Matinho second then Neves and then Dendonka um does that strike you as a lineup that's gonna win you a penalty shootout who else is going to take one, though? That was on the pitch. I mean, you've got Herva, young kid. Would you trust him? Um, Samaido, again, would you trust him with a penalty? There ain't players screaming out here, apart from no. probably Adama, and he, he missed now. That's Carabao and Cup shooting. I wouldn't trust Adama with a penalty. Some players, 
Even they can be the best player in the world, but they just don't seem like a, a good penalty taker. If that makes sense. I think Max Kilman scored one in the Premier League Cup over in China. He's got he's got pedigree now. I think we we've got Cody's record up, didn't we? Well done. Four shootouts now. He's missed in four. I thought it was three. Always convinced it was three. It's four penalty shootouts. That tells got... me then that nobody else is putting their fucking hand. Yeah, up I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to knock the lad for stepping mm. up, being the captain, and taking a penalty. But I, I, I don't know. I think everything's going against him at the moment. I think it, it was inevitable in, in hindsight now that he was yeah. going to miss. But just let Woody have a go. Mm. Don't, I don't want you in a shootout because you just apart from your, your penalty against Bolton when we were already three 0 up. It, that, it ain't your forte, mate. La. Do you think it's a, a almost a, a specialist thing, though, taking penalties? I don't like, think it's, it's specialist, but I think you've got to have something about it, which is going yeah. going back to my points the other night, which I said in our WhatsApp group. Den Donka, Connor Cody, Jean Martino strike shots, whether it's in a penalty shootout or in a match, like they're taking a corner. There's no... There's no venom in it. There's no sort of confidence or assurance of where they're actually aiming for. It's just nice and composed without no sort of, as I said, venom. And I'm, I'm saying this because I was that sort of footballer on an 11-side pitch. I could put a delivery in and put a set piece in all day, but when it come to sh- came to shooting, as shown in our charity match, car shoot for Toffee. I'm, 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 I'm too soft. It, man. I, I, I too don't soft. get you forwards, man. Just fucking leather it. No, nah, it's all about, it's all about it? that. Uh, Look, the way Connor Cody took that penalty, like the in-step out, David Beckham used yeah. to whip crosses in. There was you, no sort of... You don't need to find the corner. You need to find the back of the net. That's what you need to find. Like It just it just bothers me a little bit. But Quang yeah, got lucky with his penalty. Yeah, I, he I did, thought that, that was probably the worst yeah. one. Galini was it the keeper? Yeah, mm. Galini. I thought he, he, he should have saved that penalty. I don't know how he decided to make uh, dive the way he did for Pedenzi's goal because everyone knows you're a right footer... Coming it's from the left side side of the pitch, it's going that side. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing. I yeah. just thought it was really awful goalkeeping. I thought he should have saved Frank's penalty as well. Yeah, and Nevers' penalty was very poor as well. But and he's missed, he's missed a few now. He missed off, off the top of my head. He missed against Ajax in pre-season, didn't he? He yeah. missed at Sheffield United. He missed, missed against Tottenham at home, didn't he? Did it? I don't know. No, did we, we scored did he he score that night. Play. We scored two. Oh, right, I'm okay. sure he missed a penalty. Towards the North Bank in either a friendly or a European match, like a qualifier or something. You might be right. You might be right, you know. So, I mean, he's looking at missing four penalties out of... He ain't took that many, has he? Unless he took six or seven. Because Raul takes them now. And he has he in just, the I think he was just trying to be too... Not too, not too cute. Did, did, he did knows where he's aiming and he's just got too much on it. Did you notice that Tottenham brought Regulon on uh, mm-hmm. literally with the last minute? Yeah, um, great penalty, great penalty. But clearly, you know, it's been in the news, obviously, with Noble missing his penalty about and Sancho and Rashford and, and bringing on a, a taker without any warm-up, without any kind of chance to get involved in the game and then just taking a pen. He showed you how it was done. For yeah. Reg- Reg- Regulon and that Brian Gill's penalties were just... Brilliant. Th- Brilliant penalties. Yeah. Harry Kane, no class as well. To be fair, you know, be saving them like ever. We got a stand in that corner if you want to save it. But Stuart Jones in the comments says uh, Ruben missed against Bratislava in the, in front of the South Bank. I don't recall. I've got a vision of him. I can. I'm sure I sat in a game. Might have even been a friendly in the North Bank, and I've seen him miss a penalty. I'm probably wrong, but I must have dreamt it. 
but yeah, I knew his death arm is more. There you go. Well, out of the Carabao Cup for another season, guys. So it annoys uh, me though because I love a cup run. I do. I don't care if it's the Carabao Cup, Coca Cola Cup, Milk Cup, whatever. Winning you want breeds winning. It does, man. And at the end of the day, it might be the Carabao Cup, but. It's, we're in the last 16 already before we played two fucking games. That's why everybody was so buzzing about the Forest victory. Just be, you know, regardless of whether it was Forest or not, we saw the win. team go out and hammer a team, you know, and it, it made you feel good about it. I think it, it played into the, the narrative of how many chances we were making the Nottingham Forest win that you could fall. We've, we've battered a team here like we've, we should have won games against Leicester and Man United with the chances they had. Now that we're finally putting chances away, that's going to cross over now into our league form and then did that come and bought something else? But then you look at how Forest have been performing this season. They're on one point, are they? Yeah, they're in. Gotta they're in the Mayo with Derby County. They are. Mm. Gotta beat what's in front here. There you go. Sad. Um, oh, always next season. Man City win it every season anyway. But it would have been yeah. nice to maybe get to us. You know, because it's two legs in the semis as well, eh? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. So it kind of does it give you a chance after having to beat them twice? No, but imagine if you got somebody, I don't know, whoever you got, it's just nice, two leg, two leg games, I'm just nice, are they? There, there isn't anyone in that cup draw that we shouldn't be confident at beating in a two-legged affair, including Man City's third string, which he'd more than likely put out. Yeah, that's true. That's just, true. Just, just spending over a billion pounds without winning the Champions League give you leniency when you're winning four league cups. Mm. Oh, here you are. No, 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 look, it doesn't. I just wanted to see what he said. <laughs> but, I mean, what's the, the league cup to us is something to Man City, it's nothing, ain't it? Like, oh, it, it they should just they should stop winning it because they don't care about it. Let somebody who cares about let them the Carabao Cup win it. Let them, yeah. Then, to be fair, they're that good that they, they would have to let somebody win it. <laughs> Yeah, I think you have serious thing. issues with the competition law. Um, if, if you just let someone <laughs> win, but, you know. um, right. we'll move on to the Southampton game now, boys and girls. Um, After this quick commercial break, oh, there you go. Sorry. Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, Veil Design Agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk. Thank you for sticking with us. Really, thank you for sticking with us. Let's preview the this weekend's Henry Kamara derby. That challenge from Henry Kamara and Jason Dodd, unreal. Then he went to score in the same game. What's, what's your thoughts on that challenge? And just quick thoughts on Henry Kamara. <laughs> He's frustrating, wasn't he? I loved him. I loved him. He was... Because we didn't really have many foreign players back in the day, did we? Nah, he was the first like Senegal wristband. <laughs> did ya? Nah, uh, nah. And he, he didn't, didn't get my vote for player of the season. You didn't wear you didn't wear the orange vapors either. Then I had white vapors. Oh, <laughs> that was to be fair. It was cool having him up front for a yeah. spell. Like it just even if he was missing chances, you just, oh. just looked at him. He's like he's rapid. He's running rings around people. 
and then he's missing cities. And when he scored that winner against Leicester, the four-three with his first goal, that was a moment, man. That was a moment. Hassan Cashlall assist. Yeah. Who did he yeah, score that banger against? Was it Man City or Everton? And he scored that absolute banger from the edge of the box. Everton, Everton. I think, at home. But yeah, there was Everton. a spell where he kept scoring, like towards the end of the season, he scored a yeah. few. He scored he scored a banger against Everton. Banger against Bolton, past Jeskalainen. Yeah. Middlesbrough as well. There's one where he, he yeah, kind of hooked it off a long throw. Um, what a player. Remembered fondly in, at Molyneux. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was his agent that killed him. To be fair, that Willie McCoy killed him. He got him a few good few moves out of it. I think he went up to Celtic after a while, didn't he? And and he had a decent career in the end. Not quite African player of the year. It was crap, Gully. It was crap. He did nothing at Southampton. He did nothing at Celtic. And then I don't know where he went after that. Wigan. He did really well for Wigan. He basically helped them establish themselves properly like yeah didn't he what didn't he come out in the press and say yeah i want to win african player of the year or something yeah I mean, it's just crap i mean sammy leto was in his prime at the time so i don't think he really <laughs> ever had any chance <laughs> of that to be fair but everyone um, keeps on moaning about first at the moment but i think jesmox he got something like three million pound off celtic to loan him yeah, yeah that is, but he got a decent wedge off southampton as well for the loan didn't he yeah yeah he did mm-hmm. It, 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 no, nah, he done wonders for us on that. I think deal. we made profit on Henry Kamara in loan fees after he left us. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it did us any good in getting back, did it? No. But, you know. Imagine what he'd have been like in the championship, him and Vio Ganea up front. Oh, we'd have torn it apart. Yeah, well, was that Kenny Miller then as well? And Carl Court? We should have, we should have benched straight back, shouldn't we, really? We should yeah. have. Should have. Talking about modern day Southampton. Um, first, first things first, lads. Anyone got any spare aways? I reckon um, yeah, I've got about I'm... twenty under the bed. <laughs> it's becoming slightly farcical, I think, uh, this weekend, isn't it? It's loyalty point hoarders, mate. They're out there as we speak, collecting diesel I, and petrol. I genuinely would have gone. Um, I'm actually flying out on Monday um, to Greece, so I won't be going uh, as a result of that. But something something has to happen about that. I, I don't necessarily want to get into it into too deep. No, get into it, Gully. Come on, get into it. Get yeah. into it. Um, well, what you really feel? Well, I'd have happily been able to get tickets by myself if I if I'm with the level of loyalty points I'm on. If people, my brother and my dad are going, I think they're going on other people's names because that's just what's ended up having to happen. But Disgusting. people are trying. People are flogging him like confetti, and it's it's a genuine farce. Like, but how do you get around that? But what are they collected? What are they, what are they collecting the loyalty points for? Like, does it roll so over to next, next week with the same with the same uh, next because, because Leeds and Villa are coming up. And if you haven't got loyalty points for games like this, you ain't going to be in the hat for Leicester and uh, Leeds and uh, Leeds and but, Villa. Do you know what? Do you know if you really want to go to Leeds or Villa, a ticket will pop up if you look hard enough. Always does. And Wolves have put something in this season that says if you're an away season ticket holder, you have to go to at least 75% of away games to be able to renew the next season. Uh, that uh, that's what it is. Mm. That's what it is. Fuck Should have gone away season ticket then. But Wolves have made a rub for the run back then, in that sense, a little bit. Not my problem. I've got a season ticket. So, Dan, are you, are you going this Sunday? No. <laughs> Did you buy a ticket? Yeah. Scumbag. Fuck you know, I'm a scumbag. You know, I'm a scumbag. <laughs> I, ain't, oh, I, ain't, I ain't doing a three and a half hour coach trip. Forget that. 
well, I mean, thinking about you don't do the coach. I know, but the train's like even far away from the stadium as well. Is it? It's not. It's not a good trip by the looks of it. It's not on a Sunday at two p.m. on the telly. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a softie for this one, but <laughs> congratulations to the person who had my ticket. Mm. Have a nice day. <laughs> to be honest, dad, you don't want me. You don't want me going to Wolves away anyway, uh, Southampton away, because my away record in recent years is disgustingly bad. Someone's I think clipping this up as we speak, by the way. I'm sure, um, but that that's two trips down there, regardless of how hellish it's been. First half shite, second half wonderful. Um, there was the three-two. Uh, where Adam and, and uh, Jimenez combined to to rip them apart, and then last season we had perhaps a fortuitous penalty um, to get us back to one one. But Pedro Neto is an absolute wonder goal, winning us the game. Um, it, it feels like that's the trend, and, and that's what we're going to be following. Um, to be fair, as you can see here, Southampton don't have the best record against Wolves in the last ten. Should we be going into this one with uh, plenty of optimism then, gents? There used to be a time when I, I used to think that Southampton were probably our second biggest bogey team behind Brighton. But you look at that stat there, we, ha- we haven't, we've only lost one in the last 10 against them. And I think that was under Nuno. I think Natty yeah, Redmond had a bit of a stormer, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a game that we've got to be looking to win. Regardless of what our aspirations are this season, I've, I've heard this from a few people now that the next couple we have to win. Um, the pressure's building on Bruno. You, you, I really don't want it to be, but the pressure is building. Of course, it I is. think the way that our toxic fan base can be, it needs to start getting. But is it building on, on Bruno or is it building on the club? Bruno will be the Bruno will be the full man for the club. Yeah. Falson ain't going to take no responsibility for the shambles that they've dished out yeah. up over the last I'm 12 not, months. I'm not sure how how many sort of dominoes need to fall within this current set before Jeff She was sacked by the owners. But do you know what, what it comes down to? It's, I think it comes down to us as fans because we're very quick to say, Cody this, then Donker that, Traore this, Nuno that, Bruno this. This is where we need to start saying, hold on a minute. The problem... Right, I'll probably get fucking shot down for this as well. But the problem really is Falson. Because they got rid of Nuno, whether you want to believe it or not, they got rid of him. Brought in Bruno off their own backs, but they're still playing with a Nuno team. Why haven't they backed him? Makes zero sense. But Luke, we've also had this conversation where we know we can get more out of this squad. Maybe so, but as maybe much as so, I like, maybe so. I like Huang and Trinkau, they haven't backed this manager in the areas that we should have done in order to get the best out of this team. Thank you, Dan. Really helped me out there. There you go. <laughs> you did it. What are you going to fucking say now? We've, re- we've replaced no, I, Patricia I, I, for Saw. Which is a decent. We haven't yeah, upgraded our defence since we got promoted. And this is the problem. Defence and central midfield. And... It's Falson who don't want to spend the money because apparently we was in for this guy, that guy, this guy on transfer deadline day. None of them pulled off because Falson didn't want to spend the money. So that's where we need to be pointing our fingers at. But I think people are scared because, yeah, all right, yeah, they've done a fantastic job and they've took us from being absolutely dog shit to being 
an all right Premier League team. But these are the fuck. Well, you know, I'm going to stop swearing. These are the ones who come out saying we want to be as big as Man City or the big four or six in England. They said it. It wasn't us fans that just created yeah, this. There was, there was no demand for that statement. That was, we're going to be this big. They said it, but no, they're not sort of willing to back it to get there, unless they think they can get there on hopes and dreams. But football at the top level don't work that way, unfortunately. Um, does Sellers have to take some blame? Yeah, I think so as well. I think a lot of them, I think you've got Falson, Sellers, um, that... I, don't, I can't even say what I want to say, but that other geezer, is it Russ or Vinny, them lot, they're all idiots, man. And they're not good for the club, I'm telling you now. They're let, all idiots. Let, let me say it in a more tactful way. We haven't got football people running our club. The same situation where in recent years, Man United didn't have football people running the club. Ed Woodward has been amazing for Man United. They've been reporting millions of pounds of Profit every year. I know they're still in debt, but they've been reporting profit. I don't know if that even makes sense from a financial point of view. You're reporting profit, but you're still in debt. But Man United were getting like official noodle sponsors, all these brand partnerships, which we're now jumping on now. We'll have our own, I don't know, official go kart supplier soon. We're getting into that many partnerships. But well, the, can, problem, you... the problem we have got is we haven't got football people running our club. Look, the, 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 the numbers, men. It needs We've to got... be kept separate. Like, I've got, if we want to get a record deal and an esports team and whatever else, I really don't care. I understand Do you want to why the they club are separate. doing... They, they are. Yeah, I understand nothing, why the club are going affects. down this route. The, I understand it. It will bring in money, and but you have to get it right on the pitch. You get you get yourself a star player. I'm not saying you get a Cristiano Ronaldo. You have to get players on the pitch. Shirt sells. Players who... Who kids like the the normal football fan likes they if you get it right on the pitch the rest will follow. There wouldn't be would would Jeep have sponsored Juventus if Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't there? Well, Jeep are owned by Fiat, who own Juventus. So yeah, but it's all <laughs> financial corruption, isn't it? It's all well, corruption. Well, yeah, why, why haven't Why haven't Falson renamed Molyneux yet? What the club made Molyneux? No. Why haven't Falson renamed Molyneux the Falson Arena and given us three hundred pound, three million, three hundred million pounds to play in the transfer market? Because it's not what they want to do. Clearly, yeah, because it's Falson on the cheap, on the cheap, <laughs> Falson on the cheap. <laughs> but that, that for me, it's we can we can all slag off Bruno on Dingle's Highway and Twitter and whatever else. So okay, then let's slag off Bruno. Let's get him get him the the chop, and then we'll bring in. Whoever, there, there has probably, been, probably yeah, you, you got it. You got to back me on this as well, though, because two fixtures ago we were all pretty buzzing. I think with the way things had gone, to be fair. Ninety minutes later, on Sunday afternoon, we could all be looking quite happily at the fixture, at the game, the performance, the results again. So, again, are you optimistic that we're going to get a result on Sunday? I'll take a draw. I'll take a draw right now. Is that is that a result then? Is that what you're classing that as? Yeah, I think uh, I think the a team, draw. The team who have, who haven't won a game draw. yet this season. They've drawn four. They've lost one. They've had a bit of a iffy start in the sense that they've played some good teams. They've played some some okayish teams as well. They're probably worse off than last season in the sense that they've lost Danny Ings. They've lost Vestergaard. 
They replaced him with Adam Armstrong. Yes, good championship striker. Will he cut it at this level? We'll see. Uh, Ryan Bertrand, stalwart, left the club as well. I, st- I still think we should be going in and absolutely, you know, putting our foot on the throat of Southampton this weekend. Do you not think that's a really, really bad start? That we're, look, we're looking for back-to-back away wins in the Premier League since a run of three in June 2020. That was just after lockdown when we came Yeah, we've got to be in West Ham, Sheffield United and... We're not Sheffield. We lost that one, didn't we? Um, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, I think I know which ones you're referring to, though. It was like three one nil wins in a row or something. Um, it, it probably isn't as long ago as you, it feels in terms of football. We've had a shite season in between, but if you told me that we hadn't won back-to-back away wins last season, I'd probably just agree with you. I think it's got a, a score draw written all over it purely because of stuff like this. Uh, Southampton have opened the scoring of each of their last five Premier League meetings with Wolves. But we've yeah, also that's... turned it around on, on the last two That's what I mean. That's why I think it'll be a score draw. I, well, if we if we think about okay, the team that we're going to play this weekend, um, we've mentioned it on a couple of occasions about the Donker potentially being in with a shout. First of all, what shape do we go in with? Got to stick with a five. If Cardi's playing, we've got to stick with a five. But I think Bruno's came out with that in, in his press conference today that he wants to play with, with four, but he, he feels more assured of us playing a five. He has, he has. And um, I mean, we're missing Aitnuri as well. I don't know I don't know if you saw him. But I, when he came out the tunnel after being treated, he looked like he was holding hands with the physio. He didn't know where he was. Like, really? Was that bad? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it he'll be missing really on bad. Sunday due to the concussion protocol. Yeah, so hopefully... USC Mosquera today was um, announced as <laughs> being out for two to three months with his hamstring injury. And then you've still got Neto and Johnny out with long-term knee injuries. I mean... I think the team plays maybe, itself to a degree. But this is this is, this is is the problem, right? Because if Folsom would have put their hands in the pocket and just invested a little bit more, you can handle injuries a, a hell of a lot better than you can manage it a lot better. But we're, we're in a situation now where injuries are going to absolutely cripple us. So going into this weekend, I mean, who who is... Who is your your absolute guaranteed starters? You know, to list them out. Saar, Neves. Do you know who I'd drop? Seriously, Raul. It's bold to drop Raul, ain't it? I would drop massively bold to drop Raul, but I would. It's it's. I mean, there's no nobody's safe really, given the, the the way that we played in the last couple of games. But I just think we've played five league games now. Is it? Yeah. And Raul has offered, in my opinion, nothing. Now, you can excuse a player offering nothing for two, possibly three games. When you're talking five, surely you've got to be looking and saying, OK, well, we've got him on the bench, we've got him in reserve, whatever. We're going to give them an opportunity now. It just ain't working for him. But does that does that mean you're chucking in Fabio? Does that mean you're chucking in Huang up there? Because it, it's still... It, it, I agree with the potential for dropping him, but if your approach is based around having a tall mobile striker who can hold on to the ball, we haven't got a like-for-like, like, really. So what do you then do? I'd, I'd bring Quang in. 
I really would. And it's all right having a tall mobile striker who holds onto the ball. Raul hasn't been holding onto the ball. He's been killing us. His hold-up has been absolutely non-existent. Even just little things like little five-yard passes. He's knocking them out yeah. of play. He's losing I, I, possession. I personally feel like, I, I mean, at times it's felt a little bit like a Raul kind of pity party in the sense that everybody feels a bit sorry for him given that he's had so long out of the game, he's had a bad injury. But I can guarantee you that Raul himself is probably really angry with himself right yeah, now in terms of his own levels. He's definitely. probably vexed to hell that he's not, he's not producing that form. So if he's not happy with it, then I, I don't see why we should necessarily be feeling sorry for him, to be brutally honest. You, you could tell his reaction from um, when, he, when he ripped off his... His head guard, um, but then that's another thing. Like mentally, does he need just to be taken out of out of that scenario for a while and easing back in? I'm not saying completely drop him, but let's try something different. And then with 20 to go, chuck him on. Might change his mentality. It might just relax him a little bit. I think he's still got too much money in the bank to be dropped yet i just i just think he's all he needs is that one goal to properly kick in i mean i, I just showed there on the screen Raul to score first walls to win two one 30 to one i personally if, if i had to make a change i'd probably bring in huang for trinket because i think huang and raul could maybe build a partnership i think that i, I did like that chest down from raul to huang against brentford yeah, that, that was good. and i yeah. think the more minutes that they get i think could hold us in good stead if you can get draw at half time huang to score any time and mohammed salisu to be booked 28 to 1 which i don't think is a bad bet to be getting on that's a good, that's if, good if, value if, i think if huang doesn't start I, I think you could tell bruno likes him i think he's he's, he's his first substitution on on the two occasions he's had the opportunity to bring him on and i mean the one thing that i that took away from the spurs game again was that intensity that he plays with he's he's a solid boy and he his touch was a bit loose on occasions um but he, the more games he plays and that goals goal scoring instinct that he has he, sh he should really be a bit of a hit i think i just think if we're going to start pressing high up the pitch Huang's the guy that you want i, I, I still mm. feel like trinko is Trinkau can't press. Is is lovely to is just is an aesthetically pleasing player. Yeah. But I think over a ninety minute period in the Premier League, he still needs to learn how fast paced the league is. I don't, I don't think he's lightweight. Well, I'm fed up of hearing the the, the comment that he's lightweight. I still think he he thinks he's got more time on the ball than what he's used yeah. to. I think I, I, again, and when you think about maybe a team is sat a little bit deeper, someone like Trinkau, someone like Pedence, they come into their own a little bit then, and they're probably a bit more. A viable option, but it's good to have the variety there as well, isn't it? You know, going I, I away from home. We've got some fantastic options going forward. You know, we're, we're quite blessed, really. I mean, you look at Huang, Pedence, they're not even guaranteed starts, but they're good players. Obviously, I know I've just gone on about Raul, but hopefully, you know, I want him to come good. I want him to finish the season with 15, 20 goals. Um, you know, he on his day, fantastic striker, one of the best in the league. Um, Traore, whoever missed out, Trincao, that's five brilliant options going forward. Neto still to come. 
just shaking we've, into the bank. We, we've just I just spoke about how much Raul's got uh, in the bank before he's dropped, and with with Adama's output, forty nine successful take ons, more than double of any player. Five of these have ended with a shot from the Spaniard, and six of him creating a chance until he actually creates an assist. When when do you just try something new, whether it's Pedence on the right or Huang on the right with Trinko starting? How much time has he got before you have to try something new? I think we've tried all right. It's a difficult one because the stats, the facts, everything's there in your face. Got your goals and assists. Is sort of goal contribution output isn't good enough. But I just think what he offers, no one else, pretty much no one else in the, the Premier League apart from the maybe... World. Simon no, Man and Ismail Asar. And I, I know it's not as explosive, but what Grealish brings as well. It, it, it just brings something that is so rare and so useful when it works. It's hot. For me, now I know loads of people disagree with this, but for me, I think Traore is undroppable. I, I think I, we drop Traore and we lose the dynamic you saw it. You saw it in the second half against Tottenham. The other thing, kind of going back to the point we're making about Fosun and all the different uh, fingers in different pies that we've got, Traore is probably our most marketable footballer as well. Mm. You know, he absolutely is box office. No, wherever, everywhere he goes. The um, only thing missing is if he was Chinese or Japanese. Oh yeah, he'd, he'd be, be worth a billion. Going to drop a comment to piss you two off by Stu. Traore offers nothing after four years of hardly any end product fraud. But at the end of the day, Stew Stew, we know what Stew's all about. You know, we'll just ignore that comment. I think that's probably for the best. Fraud. I hate that word. I hate the word fraud. He's, he's done that. Genu- genuine genuine fraud, I know he's laughing at his computer now because he knows he's fucking wound us up. <laughs> and he's sitting there watching us laughing. I know uh, he's, he's, he's chatting shit. I like Stew. I like Stu. Stu is a funny guy, but he's chatting shit. Do you have still have him saved as stupid in, in your phone, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pid. There we go. There we go. I, I, I mean, you just see you see the fear in the defender's eyes when Traoré has got the ball. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of his crossing, terrible. When he overits it and he goes out for a throw or halfway into the, uh, the Steve ball, whichever end we're attacking... But even though his goal contributions aren't great and some of his left foot shots do annoy me, but then he's been unlucky. I think he was really unlucky against Brentford when he nearly smashed the bar in half. And just because he's getting no assists, we can look at the striker for that as well. You know, it's not all on Traore. Because he does put some good balls in as well. And if people aren't in the right position or their finishing isn't good enough, then that's not on Traore really, is he? No, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not. But it's 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 a good debate to have, and I'm just pleased we can have that debate because we have we haven't always had a you know a, a load of options like that um, over the last few years. Well, all our fans, right? Not all of them, sorry, but a lot. All of, of fans, them, Luke. All of a them. Lot of, a lot of our fans will slight Traore. He's crap. He's this. We had one just pop up then. Our pal Stu. But imagine if he played against us. He would tear us a new arsehole and we'd all be sitting in the stands. Fucking hell, I wish he played for us. <laughs> I wouldn't mind him down here. Guarantee. I wouldn't mind him down here would be in at least one person every mo- row of Molyneux would say that. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind him down yeah, here. That, that, that winger. Yeah. 
He's, yeah. a, he's a big lad for Palace. Oh, we mowed him down. Crow right, crow right. We mowed him down, yeah. That's exactly what you get. Well, um, the other point I wanted to make was um, another half-time change last time around was we switched Neto and Traore over um, to their wrong sides, uh, inverted them. And that's what got us a result. And it looks like we're probably going to be attacking from the start that way. So does that mean we're going to get, get ahead in the game for once down at St. Mary's? I think, like what Steve said, they would help Traore if players made an effort to get into the box instead of waiting outside of it. I think until we're able to sacrifice a centre-back to actually get an extra body in the box, Traore's on a hiding to nothing because he's it's like trying to land a flipping needle into a golf hole from the tee, isn't it? I mean, imagine yeah. if Traore played for Chelsea or somebody like that. On feeding Lukaku with crosses all game. And then he's, he's got his runners from midfield as well. I don't think we can play Trinko as a left winger in this game. I think Southampton are going to be pretty deep defensively. And I think he's, like you've already mentioned, I think Trinko running at defenders instead of having to get in behind will be better, more beneficial for him. I, th- I think, I having watched Southampton the last couple of years under Hassan Hootel, I think they're, they like pressing. I think there's going to be spaces in this game once you get around the press and stuff. So that's where players like Huang and Traore should be killing them, personally speaking. But also, I'm, I'm, I'd be really pleased to see Pudent start if, if if he had the chance as well. He's got to be pushing. Him and Huang have got to be pushing yeah. for, for a start. I'm not sure how, them, how they've fared in training this week, but if I was sort of Trinko, I'd be nervously looking at the, the, the team sheet when it goes up to see if I'm starting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, can I nail you boys down to a couple of predictions, please? Daniel, where are you going? Um, I'm going with Nathan Redmond to score first, Jean Martino to be booked, and the game to finish a draw 250 to 1. That's, that's a long, but that's a shout. It's a shout. Read that again for the. Uh, the viewers listening, Nathan Redmond to score first. When we when we, we talked about it, Justin, and where I think when, last time we, we got beat by Southampton, I think he scored two that day. Yeah, Nathan yeah, Redmond yeah. score first. João Martinho to be booked, and the game to finish a draw, two hundred and fifty to one with our partners, Ball Sports. Feeling a pound on that, you know. I'm tempted. I'm tempted, but I'll put my betting uh, away after the Euros, so that won't be me. Luke, what do you reckon? Well, after I've just said that he should, not that he should be, that I would drop him personally, I'm going to go 2-1 Wolves, Raul Jimenez brace. Oh, you can get that, as you all said. Wolves to win 2-1, Jimenez first goal scorer, 30-1. to one. Just to cover my arm back. Okay, all right. I'm going to go, hmm, I'm going to go for a 3-1, 3-1 Wolves, and try a rate to score at some point. This, this millennium. He's gonna get the monkey off his back and get a get a goal. Hey, you can't oh, say that. That's just that's that's just that's it. YouTube algorithms. That's blocked this episode. Now. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gents. Uh, preview show officially wrapped up. Um, thank you for joining us. As always, we are part of the Ninety Minute Football Network, and this will be available um, as a podcast for anybody uh, who hasn't caught it. I don't know why I'm saying that now, to be honest, but never mind. Um, Look forward to seeing all the randomers that are going to be taking tickets on on Sunday cheering us on as well. I hope they all know the songs. 
and stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> it could be any man and his dog at this rate. Uh, From me, Luke, and Dan, thanks for joining us and speak soon. <laughs>